This episode was recorded on the country of the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We'd like to extend our respects to their elders past, present and emerging. And we'd like to extend those respects to the traditional custodians on the lands wherever you may listen to this podcast. This is how it went and this is how it's going and it's not perfect and it didn't go to plan and it's not how I envisioned it. It's not how mum and dad probably even envisioned it, but this is what's happening and and it's okay and it is sad and it is emotional, but it is okay and we are okay and yeah. G'day and welcome back to another episode of the Humans of Agriculture podcast. I'm your host, Ollie Laleve, and as always, it's a pleasure to be sitting down and bringing another incredible story to you. I'd seen a fair bit of our next guest by her light-hearted ways on her Instagram channel. She's definitely a little bit of a larrikin, and based off the response I got when I shared a tiny snippet of this episode on our Instagram yesterday, I reckon there's a few of you out there that are Grace McLeod fans as well. Today's episode covers Grace's story, from a young, fun-loving farm kid an extraordinary woman. Grace has been through quite the transition as her family have undertaken the complicated process of succession. As you hear, it's resulted in the sale of the family farm and ultimately Grace walking away from the life she knew, but thankful that she still has her family intact, that her parents now have the freedom to enjoy their retirement, and well for Grace, it means the beginning of the next chapter. I can't wait for you guys to hear this chat. It was honestly just the most incredible hour I spent chatting with her few weeks ago and i hope you enjoy this podcast i want to i want to know a little bit about your little town at yannick oh yannick yannick oh you have to come see for yourself well it's a bit of a um yeah it's indescribable yannick um but no so i just live just out of yannick down at the yannick swamp actually and it is a beautiful beautiful slice of the world it's yeah it's funny like people that come out to the farm like if they're dropping a load of urea or just people that haven't been there before and just stumble out to this little neck of the woods everyone just comments about how peaceful it is out here and it just it really is it's untouched and like the swamp itself is just untouched and it's just it's just gorgeous and then yeah our farm sort of backs onto this nice hill that rolls up over it and yeah, it's a beautiful little slice of the world. I love it. Yeah. Has it always been home for you? Uh, no, no. So I didn't grow up here. So I grew up near Neil, which is just half an hour from me, um, on our family farm. Well, we, there was just 11 acres there, but mum and dad built the house there. And um, my auntie and uncle actually owned this farm before we bought it. Um, so, yeah, it hasn't always been home. But I actually I moved out here when I was – oh, I think I must have been 18 or something with my sister and we spent, I think we I think we didn't even hit a year out here, but, oh, geez, Ollie, we had some fun. Like it was just <laughs> me and her and we just, yeah, it was just a good time and I actually, I um did my ACL in my knee and I um I moved back into town just because it was like quite a ways out of town and Bon wasn't always home and things like that because she was working. So we moved back into town um then and then since then like I don't think this house this like yeah has been lived in for probably 10-15 years before I moved back out and yeah so she was pretty rugged she was a bit <laughs> of a, a big a lot of people like even like when people found out that I moved back out to the homestead the old homestead out here they're like oh 
you can't live out there. You know, they're like, oh, isn't it? Isn't the walls broken down? And like, there's some hefty cracks in the walls and things like that. But nah, she's definitely home now. And yeah, it's it's beautiful. I love it. Like, she's an old old wreck, but a lot of life left in her. Plenty of character too. Yeah, plenty of character. Was um, we always going to end up back on the farm? You reckon? Like, what did you want to be when you were younger? Yeah, I always wanted to be. Well, I always wanted to be a Jillaroo when I was younger. I always, I just dreamed of of that life, and yeah, and I was just always out on the farm with Dad, um, and it just, yeah, it just become a part of me and and something that I just loved so much. And I think the last when I come home permanently, it was definitely, yep, this is it. I'm doing this. Yeah, so it, I definitely had my time away from the farm, and I've travelled and whatnot, but. Yeah, it's always been something that I've come back to and something that I love and have great passion for. And, yeah, I think there's there's some amazing, yeah, outlets in, in the agricultural industry that, you know, you can go anywhere, you can do anything. You don't have to be a farmer to be in the ag industry and um, it's a pretty pretty bloody good industry to be in, yeah. What, um, what were you up to when you were – so you, you had that childhood dream of Jillarong. Is that – is that what you did for a while? Um, I actually, so I I did my farming apprenticeship when I left school and then um, I think, yeah, I got, I sort of got the itch and um, I went on a family holiday up to Darwin and down to Perth with mum and dad and, and my brother and sister and we met my oldest brother down in Perth and um, and we went through Broome and like all the Kimberleys and that and I just loved it and I just, I just fell in love with it and not long after we did that trip I was sort of like I think I'm I think I'm gonna head up there you know and I did and I moved up there and lived up there for a while and then come home come back on the farm then went off again went um traveling again and then yeah sort of went to it just yeah branched out from there I think I got the itch for traveling but I still had this great love for the farm and I just sort of yeah, tossed between the two for quite a while and, yeah, went to America and Canada and lived for a bit and, yeah, no, nah, I've had an amazing, amazing 20s sort of thing. Well, yeah, I really have and I look back on that and I'm like, I, I I, couldn't wish for a better, you know, a better life. Like I've had, I've had ex- amazing experiences and met amazing people and seen amazing country and, there's so much more of that to come too, you know. So, yeah. It's incredible. Tell me the decision to come back to the farm. Was your dad like, oh, here we go again. It's just going <laughs> to the, the floater. Come back for a little bit. Oh, yeah, the floater. Oh, he's flying <laughs> back in like a big blowfly. Um, I, think, I think that's an interesting question actually, Ollie, because I think sometimes I probably actually come back for dad um yeah and then at the same time I had a great love for it myself but no dad yeah he he always has welcomed me back with open arms and always made a spot for me or um it's just always worked out kind of thing or and I think initially I'd come back for the seasonal sort of work and come back for harvest or cropping and and then it sort of as I got a bit older I was sort of like dad sort of needs someone more permanently and and then he'd get employees and, you know, it, it was, yeah, it just got to a point where I was like, I need to sort of make a decision for both of us and, and for the farm and everything. And, and that's when I did. And 
yeah, I've been home for the last five or six years sort of thing. So coming, coming home and that decision, like it was, it was a permanent move. You said five or six years ago to come back yeah, to the farm. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually, it's a funny story and I don't want to bore you only, but I actually got my visa to go to move to Canada and I was traveling over there with a good mate and she, we were planning to go for the two years kind of thing. And if not longer, like I sort of thought to myself like, yep, I'm going to go to Canada. I'm going to like do life over there. And before I left, I just, I just really dug my heels into the farm and I really loved it. And there was a part of me that I was like, I don't know if I want to go anymore. You know, like I wasn't, it wasn't like oh, I don't I don't not want to go, but there was definitely a part of me that I was like, oh, I actually like I love this, you know, and and I sort of thought, why am I moving to Canada if I want to be here? And so I went to Canada. I only went for four months, and then I come home, did a season over there, and then come home, and and that's when I made the permanent decision to stay home, and and that's what I wanted to do, and. And, yeah, Dad had some health issues going on. So, yeah, it's sort of – it was for me and it was for Dad and it was for my own love as well. So it was sort of a win-win. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. It does. And it it sounds like – well, you've mentioned him a few times. So tell me a little bit – your dad's obviously a huge influence on you. Tell me a little bit about your old man. Yeah, Dad, he's a – yeah, he's he's a huge influence on me. Like I know, like even from a young age – yeah, he's been my idol kind of thing. And um, I think growing up and getting older, things get more serious and you're, you're, um, you're allowed to take on a lot more as an adult than you are as a kid. And, um, but yeah, dad, dad is a wonderful character. He's, he's a big character. He'd chew the leg off a chair. Like he talks that much. Um, so yeah, and that is no joke. That's an understatement, Ollie. Like he, if you if you got him on one of these podcasts, I don't think you'd get a word in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, he's yeah, he's a big-hearted man. Um, but yeah, he's. I don't know. I think I struggle to talk about it a little bit, Ollie, because I think it's Dad's story as well as mine. Um, and I think I struggle to sort of to yeah, to sort of explain um, our relationship the last couple of years, but it's definitely been hard. It's, yeah, the last couple of years, um, Dad's mental health has not been great. His love for the farm and his passion has definitely um, dwindled and has sort of become a bit non-existent, which become very taxing on myself and then it become taxing on our relationship and how we worked as a team and things like that. Um so as much as he's a massive idol in my life, it's definitely been challenging the last couple of years. Um, but at the same time, like, I love that man. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's my dad. And, yeah, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a lot of layers. There's a lot of layers. <laughs> yeah. The family business is an interesting one like that, isn't it? And, it is. and, and I know you said, um, it's your dad's story as well as yours. So I reckon um, mm-hmm. we'll focus on your side of it. But in terms of that, how how do you keep fronting up, and how did how did you keep kind of yeah trying to keep the wheels in motion and kind of steering yeah. in the right direction for the business sake? 
yeah, it it was hard, Ollie. Like I, and I keep sort of saying these last couple of years because I definitely feel like, yeah, these last couple of years just just snowballed into themselves and and just amplified. I think everything amplified, like dad's dad's mental health, the farm, um, you know, succession planning, just all these things just kept. Um, snowballing into themselves and it sort of wasn't productive like nothing was getting achieved it was just sort of it was just becoming a bigger bigger issue kind of thing and um and yeah I I I found it very taxing as much as I was fine and and everything was still ticking on I didn't realize how much it was affecting me and how how burnt out I was becoming like I was trying to juggle dad and keep him, keep him sort of going and because I needed him, you know, like I needed him to give me a hand and I needed him to be there when I, yeah, needed that extra help and everything. And and then it was just, it was challenging because he wouldn't want to be there. Um, so then it would just, it would just cause a negative sort of environment and, um, and then at the same time, you're still trying to run, like keep the business going and, and keep everything ticking on, but you still got this, yeah, big juggling act of trying to keep everyone and everything happy and, and moving forward. And, yeah, it was just extremely taxing. And I remember I just got to a point where I just kept getting so emotional. Like I'd just get so – and I'm like I'm a sensitive person, but I don't get emotional at the drop of a hat kind of thing. And, and I just get so – I just get so overwhelmed that I just wasn't coping and I just realized it was like wow I'm so cooked <laughs> you know I'm so burnt out from yeah just trying to trying to keep everything ticking on and it just got to a point where something's got to give because this is not the way to live this is not the way to um yeah as much as you love what you do and 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 you want, you have your own dreams and wants, something's got to give because it's just not working out how it should and life is to be enjoyed and 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 it just, yeah, things just were not enjoyable. <laughs> tell yeah. me, tell me like that, that friction that, and, and the negativity and that kind of rut you found yourself in. How did you get yourself out of there? Or yeah. what did you do? It was, it was, that yeah it was hectic Molly I um so if I can sort of shed some light on it like and and like I said before I love my dad a bit like this is nothing against him or anything it's just how events went and um like for instance our last cropping season like I remember like because dad's on the broom spray I'm in the cedar and you know dad roll up to work and and it'd just be like (laughs) Yeah, just be this big negative. It'd be it, it'd be like this dark cloud sort of coming to work, and and it and you just you don't want that on your on your sunny days. And and you know, I I remember so many times I'd prep myself when he was when he was coming. I'd prep myself and be like, just stay calm, just just keep him happy, just you know, just mate, let's just have a good day kind of thing. And and yeah he'd roll into work and it and his stress would just he would just use me sometimes as a bit of a stress outlet and and I would take it and I would handle it and it was fine and I know that he didn't 
mean anything malicious by it or by any means, but I don't think he realised how it was affecting me. And, um, and yeah, it, it just got to a point where I had nothing left to give. Like I, I just felt like I couldn't even support dad anymore because I couldn't support myself sort of. And, and his mental health had just rubbed off on me and chipped away at me a bit. And I, I'd just become a bit dim that I couldn't, yeah, and I'm sorry to get a bit emotional either. No, it's absolutely yeah. fine. Yeah, it it just it's hard to explain. Um, but yeah, it was just a real heavy time and and it got to a point where I was like, this is so toxic, this is so unhealthy for both of us. And as a loving family and everything, it it was chipping away, you know, at mum, at my siblings, and it just become it just become a real big issue and and it got to a point where I didn't have any direction of where the farm was going, what thing like what was happening and and it just sort of got to the point where I sort of felt like I had to let go in order to like rebuild. I feel like sometimes I get in my head a little bit when I'm talking about it because I'm like there's so many layers to it and then when I'm talking about I'm like I don't know if it's actually making any sense yeah firstly it sounds like you are so aware of yourself and aware of like others and you you're managing kind of your own like mental space I'd say in terms of that whole how you talk through prepping yourself for dad coming because you actually then want the outcome that you need for your little team and and for the business I think the humans of agriculture podcast is proudly sponsored by LAWD And if you're looking for an entry-level role, well, they've got an absolutely incredible opportunity for you. Joining their fast-growing team and getting direct guidance from Cole Medway, one of Australia's leading rural property agents, the role will be riding shotgun with Cole as he travels Australia marketing a diverse range of ag assets. To find out more, check out the full description and contact details in the show notes. You've said, and we've talked several times kind of over messages and things, but you said 2021 was it was a huge year and it was kind of this accumulation of, I guess, pressure and it got to a point where it's just got a, got a gift. So what, what was it you that made the call last, last year or yeah, what, what yeah. started, what were the circumstances that kind of led to that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was me, Ollie, initially, but it, it come from a series of events. So mum and dad sold their um our family home um initially and that was that was a wonderful change also like a sad change because you know that's our that's all our childhood memories like mum and dad built that house like my little brother got his nickname from that house like just so much stuff you know and so that's like a little grieving process in itself of letting go and and that was a beautiful change for mum and dad as well you know like because it was a massive house and the two of them living there by themselves. It just, yeah, it was time for them to have a change. And then um, not long after that, there was, I actually remember this so clearly, I was just out the back of my house here and I got a phone call from our neighbour um, at Lamaru and he said, oh, Grace, I'm just ringing you. Um, I'm just here at the local sheep sale just talking to your neighbour on the south side of you. So this is our property, yeah, over there. And um, he said, oh, he's just looking for some um, some land. He's just looking for extra land to buy. And he said, I just sort of give you a ring and let you know. And he's like, 
I don't mean anything by it, but yeah, just let you know. And he's like, oh, can you pass it on to your dad? And I'm like, yep, no worries, Rick. Anyway, so I thought to myself, I was like, oh, I, I just had this little like thought. I was like, oh, I probably won't share that with dad, <laughs> you know. <laughs> just keep that one to myself, you know, if it pops up over a couple or whatever. But anyway, probably about 20 minutes later, I get a phone call from dad and I just could hear it in his voice. And he's, he said to me, he's like, oh, I just talked to Rick and he said, oh, so-and-so, you know, is looking for some more land. And he's like, oh, I'm not going to sell, but it'd be interesting it'd be interesting to see what he wanted for it. And, and I thought I could just hear it in his voice. And I just thought, yeah, he's taken the bait. Like he's already, he's already biting on kind of thing. And, and I just thought, I just thought, right, we'll see where this goes kind of thing. And, and yeah, and that snowballed into a sale. Um, And that was really good for mum and dad because they could, you know, it could release a little bit of debt and, and all those things and um, and whatnot. But, but yeah, it was really, I found it quite emotional and I was still dearly hanging on and, and didn't want to let go. And, you know, I think I probably also made it quite hard for mum and dad because they didn't want to disappoint me. Um, and at the same time, they needed to make a decision for themselves to better their lives and to better their financial circumstances and things like that. But, and I feel like there was just a lot of, there was so much love and there's so much like um, hurt at the same time. And it was just a real yo-yo effect of trying to navigate where to go with all of this. And I'm on one end wanting to be desperately wanting to be a farmer, desperately wanting to have my own shot. And mum and dad are on the other end, desperately wanting to retire, desperately wanting to sell up, desperately wanting to just, um, live a different kind of life in the, you know, in retirement. And I think it was just this real, yeah, yo-yo effect of trying, yeah, to navigate how it could all work out. And then on the other side, having three extra siblings involved as well. Like it's a huge, um, it's a huge process and it's messy. It is messy, Ollie. Mm. And like, I think, you know, I've spoken to so many other farmers and, and especially, how things have paid out for them and you hear so many horror stories about families that have broken up over land sales that have broken up over um disputes of and I just think that's that's the last thing that I would ever want like that I would ever 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 want like I don't think any land should ever compromise the love of your family and um in saying that it's still it's still very emotional like and you can Mm. see how people get how people can get because it is you are attached and you are you know it is personal and it is all those things and um and yeah so so to carry on so yeah mum and dad sold Lamaru um and that was big in itself like we had 4,000 acres over there um and then it just got to a point when things still weren't getting better like dad dad was still um, like, yeah, still really struggling um, and just just not himself, Ollie. Like, you know, we talk about him being my idol. Like he was, yeah, sort of a shell of himself and and he'd lost his spark and, and he'd lost all that drive and, and someone who's always been a big worker and loved work to then not want to come to work is a big, 
yeah, it's a big shift. And and I think when you when you see that in someone you love, it's it's hard to cope with. Like it's hard to yeah to um yeah to wrap your head around it and to navigate it and to juggle it and and all those things. And I think it got to that point where I was like the this is not okay this is not okay for you to have to roll up to work because you feel you have to and you don't want to be here and all those things and I just got to a point where I was like I I can't I can't do this anymore I can't I I can't physically mentally cope anymore and I remember this and I'm probably going to get real emotional here um but I made the decision within myself that I was going to leave um, so that mum and dad could do what they wanted with the farm and I wouldn't be that kind of burden holding them back kind of thing. Um, So, yeah, I went into my parents one night and we had a very, very, very emotional family conversation and sorry, Bobby. No, you're all right. Sorry. I was like, I knew I'd get emotional. I was like trying to prep myself to be like, nope, be straight laced. Let's get to the points. No, you're fine. Um, you be you. <laughs> um, yeah, and I just like I said to mum and dad, I'm going to see the end of the year out. And and after that, I want you and mum to like, I want you two to do whatever you want with the farm so long as it improves dad's mental health. And I said, if that means selling up, then so be it, you know. And that was incredibly emotional for all of us. Like it was a, yeah, there were a lot of tears. <laughs> there were a lot of tears. And um, what come from that was just incredibly beautiful. And I can't be more thankful for the love of my family and and how the turn of events went. Um, and I think that's a real testament to letting go and and knowing that when you let go of things, if it's meant for you, they'll like it'll come back to you. And I think if you do things out of love and and care for one another, I think, yeah, everything has a way of working out. And as hard as it was to sell the farm, the the joy and the love that I have back within my family is second to none. Like it is amazing. And and I think and I think I was just so in my own headspace about, you know, we have to keep the farm. We can't sell it. If you sell it, you can't get it back. All these things, you know, like we've worked so hard. Dad's worked so hard to get this and to be here and and all those things. And then you get to a point where you're like, well, no, what matters most is your happiness and your health. And and those things were very compromised last year. And having that restored is, yeah, is a very beautiful feeling. And, um... Hey, it's Nick here, sheep farmer and Rabobank Regional Client Council member. I'm passionate about supporting our local community so we can improve community wellbeing and build strong local economies. My job as a client council member is to help secure funding for regional grassroots initiatives, those that support education in ag, rural health, sustainability and help bridge the country-city divide. We've helped organisations like Boys to the Bush, funded school field days like Ag Vision and held succession planning workshops, just to name a few. 
If you have an idea to make a difference to regional Australia, go to our website at www.rabobank.com.au and nominate via our community fund. We'd love to hear from you. And yeah, so that's, so we sold our other block at Baker, um, which is out on the big desert. Um, so that was another 1,500 acres out there. And, and yeah, we lost a bit of lease country and things like that. And then we've just kept this home block where I live at the moment and we're going to keep that um, and we're not selling that by any means. But that is that allows mum and dad to retire. That allows them to do whatever they want. And I think it's probably hard for people maybe to understand the financial side of things because that is quite personal and that is quite, um, I guess, yeah, that's that's mum and dad's story kind of thing. But this is how it went and this is how it's going and it's not perfect and it didn't go to plan and it's not how I envisioned it. It's not how mum and dad probably even envisioned it, but this is what's happening and and it's okay and it is sad and it is emotional, but it is okay and we are okay and, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's an incredible, like, mark of your strength though, and your willingness to walk in and essentially, yeah, give up what could be a huge part of your future and, and your future mm. and your business and your livelihood and everything kind of that's attached yeah. to that. A lot of, there's a lot of peace in that kind of decision and that conversation that you obviously had. Yeah, very much so. And, like, I remember I remember that night so clearly. And we've had multiple conversations since that night, but that was, like, literally the turning point. And, like, I, I think... I actually think about like literally leaving leaving the home that night and and I just felt this weight just lifted like you know as hard as it was and as many tears as we had and things like that I just felt this incredible yeah peace like I really did and and yeah that is that is something that you can't buy and that is something that yeah that is very very special and that um oh yeah, I'll never forget that night. That was yeah, pretty intense. <laughs> but, yeah, a lot of a lot of amazing and and great things have come from it, and and yeah, a lot of good things are on the way. And were you yeah. were you were you scared or afraid that you were going to lose what was such a huge part of kind of who you are? Oh, hugely. And I think that I think that's where so much emotion come from too. Like. I, you know, the farm, I feel like the farm is my identity. I feel like it's who I am, you know. I, And the thought of letting go and the thought of leaving, I just felt like I was, I felt lost within myself. I felt like I didn't know, like, I was like, what am I meant to do from here on in, you know, like this is not what I had planned. And I remember having a real beautiful conversation with my oldest brother and, I just broke down in tears and I said, like, this is my identity. Like, what am I meant to do with myself? And he just, like, pulled me up. He's like, Grace, he's like, that's not your identity. He's like, you're not the farm. He's like, you're not the big desert. You're not the Yannick Homestead. You're Grace and you're Grace first and foremost. And he's like, you'll always be a farmer, but you're not the farm. You will always be a farmer. You will always, 
have your knowledge, have your skill, and you can take all those things with you. Um, and he said, you're Grace, first and foremost, you know, you're not the farm, you're you. And I think I really needed to hear that because it really set me, it really set me on my path a bit more. And I, as much as I probably knew that within myself, I was just, yeah, very emotionally cooked and mentally I was like fatigued and I think I needed to hear those things that I knew deep down inside, but I needed to hear it from someone that I loved and respected to really be like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and, you know, you don't really pep you up and, yeah, set you on your path a bit more and, yeah. Have you guys always had that relationship where you can have those those levels of conversation or...? Yeah, definitely, especially my older brother, like, and and all my siblings, like, we're very tight-knit, like, we're not in each other's pockets by any means, but when, yeah, when it comes to crunch time, we're, you know, there for each other 100%, and I think, yeah, definitely when it is heavy times, I think we are there even more for each other because we want to see each other happy, we want to see each other succeed, and, and that's what we want most for one another, and I think, yeah, those conversations are very easily had when times are heavy and times are tough and I think they're especially what get you through and, yeah, conversations with, like, my mates and and so much support that you sort of, you know, you always have, but when it, yeah, when times are heavy, you know, people really step up and really, you know, pick you up and pat you on the shoulders and, you know, puff your chest out and, they're like, no, you, you got this and, and you can do this. And, yeah, there's new chapters and new steps to life and, and you're capable of, of leaning into them. And, yeah. That's um, like as you're talking through that and the conversation that you and your brother had and kind of like yeah. who you are as a person, reminds me so much of have you come across and seen Ben Crow, his, his Ash yes. Barty's and Dylan Allcast? Oh, Ben Crow, yeah. yeah. It unreal. reminds me so much yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. Nah, that's so cool. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, he's incredible. Um, so you're saying you've all, you're always like well, your brother kind of reaffirmed it, but you always knew that you are Grace the farm. You're not a tied tied to land. It's a it's actually a Ben Crow question. What is your it's, earliest hap- happiest memory involving agriculture? Earliest happiest memory. You know, actually, like I have. I have this beautiful memory and I think I think that's why this has been so this this chapter of life has been so heavy I think like I have this beautiful memory of when I was younger and I can't even remember what age I would have been but um I would always come out of the farm with dad any chance I could and I remember I can't remember, it might have been we were filling up a firefighter or something like that. And so we've got the two-inch pipe coming off the bore and there's water pumping everywhere. And and anyway, I was filling it up and I just remember, I just remember all of a sudden I was just doused in water. And I just was like, what? And there's dad behind me just cacking himself laughing, just pissing himself laughing. And so I've got the hose that I the hose that was on mine. I've just turned it around and just huffed it into him. And we were both just absolutely cacking ourselves. And we were just drenched in water. And I have just so many like childhood memories of just being out on the farm with dad and just having so much fun. And 
I think I think that's as an as like I've become an adult and I think I've always cherished those moments so much and probably even wanted them as an adult like wanted that that playful fun and 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 I think just yeah not having it anymore it yeah you sort of like even though life goes on and you get older you still geez you're still allowed to have water fights like (laughs) you know and I think yeah I think as you get older like you need to sometimes reassess and you need to sometimes readjust to be like hey we're still allowed to enjoy ourselves and we're still allowed to have fun and even though adulting is serious and and heavy at times it's still a beautiful part of life and it's still made to be enjoyed and I think having this turn of events is yeah I hope that I hope that there's a lot more fun involved in life in the years to come than it has last year kind of thing and and for my dad included and yeah it's a, it's a really interesting, and I know probably a lot of what we've talked about has been fairly reflective over the last couple of years and you've yeah. been through what has been a really challenging part where selling the farm, deciding to walk away and, and probably by the time this actually comes to air, you would have, you're, you're free and you're out. Yeah. Uh, I think this will come out in a few weeks, but you are at this next stage. What is planned yeah. for you? Yeah. I know we talked about this earlier, but I'm like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. Ollie. Like I literally, literally short term. I honestly just want to jump in that troopy, roll the windows down, turn the music up and feel the breeze. I really do. I just, I just want to tap out for a bit and, and enjoy the open road. And, and I'm going to head up to WA, see my brother and um, hopefully try and find some work up there and, and yeah, whatever happens along the way happens, and I'm really excited for just that that unknown again, and and that possibility of of anything could happen, you know. And I think that that's wonderful. And I think initially I was quite skeptical of what what could come, you know, of letting go of the farm and letting go of this. But now I'm I'm 100% in, and I'm yeah ready for the ride and. Who knows? I honestly, I'll I'll keep you posted. <laughs> like, yeah. What um like are you looking for full time work and looking to stay somewhere, or are you pretty happy to go and see what's out there and do a bit of exploring? I think initially I'd just like to do a bit of exploring. I think initially I just want a bit of a break, a mental break. I want to just reset a bit more and and then definitely yeah get into some permanent work and I want to stay in ag and. Hopefully I can find some work that, um, yeah, some good people. And I think it'll be really nice to to work with people again. I think I really missed that that relationship, that work relationship with others and, and that team environment. And um, I think it'll be really nice to just reconnect with people. And, um, yeah, so I'd love to get back out on a station at some point. And, um, yeah, and honestly, honestly, I don't have – I don't have tickets on anything, Ollie. I just sort of want to, yeah, go where the wind blows a bit. <laughs> See where the troopy takes you. See where the troopy, yep, just put Bumblebee in drive and go. <laughs> is, that a, is that its name, is it? Its name's actually Garth after Garth Brooks. It's, oh. um, yeah. <laughs> it's not Bumblebee, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exciting. Well, I'm looking forward to following. And there's no, there's definitely no shortage of kind of, 
areas of ag. Do you no? Do you feel right. do you feel like it's going to be different? Kind of working for someone where you don't have the yeah. autonomy and the control uh, yeah, as I much. Do. I do. Does it worry you? Um, I don't think it worries me. I think I've I've been in situations before where you know you might not have worked for the best people or or things like that. But I think I'm at a stage in life where I'm very capable of if something's not serving you or if it's not the right place, you're allowed to leave. You know, you're allowed to make a different, you're you're allowed to, you know, change things to better yourself or better your situation. Um, so I think I'm definitely a lot more confident in in picking picking the right place to to excel and to move forward. And I think at the same time, yeah, it's probably a bit worrying because you don't wanna you don't wanna you don't wanna start at the bottom again, you know. You, you, you sort of you do want to keep keep excelling and keep um yeah moving forward so I think there's that kind of worry of just like oh I don't want to you know crawl back to the top but at the same time if the place is good and people are good and you start at the bottom then so be it you know there's nothing wrong with the bottom it is a lot to learn at the bottom and and I think um yeah wherever I end up I think it'll just be, there'll just be so much there. And there is, there's so much to learn. And especially in ag, like I'm by no means at the top, like, you know, there is, is, you know, a lot of rungs on that ladder to go. And I, I think, you know, I love learning and I think this is a real, yeah, this is a real nice change in that way as well that I can, you know, learn different things and learn from new people. And, and I think that that's, that's awesome and I'm excited for that side of things too so so yeah there's a little bit of worry but at the same time there's a whole lot of excitement and um I'm just gonna yeah see what comes of it kind of thing I reckon you'll be a person who's in demand (laughs) (laughs) oh geez do I come across that way (laughs) no I reckon for sure like as we're chatting I know a couple of people and a couple my my brother-in-law's looking for someone but like there's so many awesome places (laughs) that are looking yeah. for like really good people in, in ag and they're kind of looking for that person who, yeah, doesn't just turn up to be like just a, a worker or, yeah, kind yeah. of a, a timestamp. They're looking for that person who comes in with, yeah, the drive and the ideas who also kind of, yeah, has that the best interest of the business kind of and yeah. making it successful. Yeah. No, I I'm excited. Oh yeah, I think there's going to be some amazing opportunities out there, and and yeah, I don't like just it's just such a layer of effects from last year, and I think just so like I look at myself where I am now, and I'm I'm good, and I know I got a little bit emotional talking about certain things, but I am good, and and I feel really great, and I'm really excited about this next chapter, and I think there's just so much like yeah looking at myself now to where I was last year and and there's so much lesson in that and I think you know you don't have to you know you hold on to stuff so tightly that you that you think that you need and then you let go and you realize sometimes life has a a better plan for you and a but you know sometimes there's more for you than you think that there's more out there than you than you have envisioned for yourself like and I think I'm just yeah I'm just I'm ready. I'm I'm excited and I'm leaning in and 
and yeah, I think I had a point, and <laughs> you know, I've lost it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've I've rambled on, but um, yeah, it's it's good times ahead. Yeah. Oh, well, I've got one question. I, I ask everyone. You get the chance to talk to Year Ten students and give them advice around, yeah, career in agriculture, but even just life advice. What would you say to them? Oh, that is a great question, Ollie. And oh, geez, <laughs> that is a wonderful question. Um, honestly, and I, I know this probably just sounds very la di da, but life is really short, and and it's not la di da. That life is really short, and it doesn't matter what you choose as a career. It doesn't matter what you pursue for your life like goals it really it really at the end of the day the only thing that really really does matter is your happiness and your health and I think for I think for a lot of people we do lose sight of that and we do get caught up in the the tick in the boxes and you know climbing the ladder and at the end of the day nothing else matters than your happiness and your health and 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 that's for yourself and for the ones that you love and I I don't I don't know that there's anything more that I could stress, you know, that's that's where it's at because, you know, like, yeah, life is so short and once it's gone, it's gone and you don't get it back. So you might as well make the most of it and really enjoy yourself. And, yeah, I, I mean, you could say so much, but I think that's the guts of it, isn't it? Like, yeah. And I think, I think that's yours is coming from such an area of experience too that it's yeah incredible Mm. it's interesting like I've had so many conversations with neighbors and things like that that it's the same yeah it's the same story I think everyone can relate to that on some sort of level and you know I've got a neighbor who who doesn't even he he openly said to me he's like I don't have a relationship with my dad and I had to do that to survive he openly said that and I thought wow like that's how it that's how it goes sometimes and that's just so sad and and I but at the same time I see how it unfolds and and it's hard it's yeah it's hard and it's tricky and it's messy but I think when you put you put your, the love of yeah your family first I think there is always a way to figure it out and there is always a way to get through it and it might not always look the way that you want it to but I think that you can have I can. I think that you can always have that relationship back as long as you put that first kind of thing. And 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 if the farm or whatever falls second, then so be it. You know, yeah. I was going to ask you a question on that, uh, but I, th- I think you probably summed it up there in terms of the the people who are going through those challenges of succession, and you're at the extreme end where it is that the the best decision for yourself is walking away. And for your parents is actually uh, selling the farm to be in a better financial position. But the the complexities of those conversations and without knowing individuals kind of stories and details, but yeah, what, what would be your advice to people who are sitting there listening and thinking, shit, like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm in my thirties and I don't know what I've got or when it'll come. What's your advice to them? Um. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly, that's, yeah, that's exactly how I was feeling. Like, 
yeah, I'm in my 30s. I don't know what's to come. I don't know where things were going. Um, and I guess being where I am now and having things unfold how they have, I think my advice would just be to just communicate as best you can. And even if it's messy, even if it's awkward, even if you stumble and you cry, just keep trying to take those little steps forward because they're still steps forward. Um, And I think especially for myself maybe I, I knew it got to a point where I couldn't control certain things. I couldn't control yeah, there were things that I couldn't fix and there were things that I, that were out of my control that I had to just make a decision for myself and and making that decision for myself actually fixed a whole world of problems. And I think as much as it's it's easy to look look inside or, or look at a corner and be like, oh, geez, this is messy. Like sometimes you just got to turn to another corner and look at that and think, well, what's in that corner? Is that a new possibility? Is that not, it might not be the corner that you want. It might not be, you know, what you envision. But I think if you can, yeah, try and make decisions that better yourself and better your own situation and even though you can't control everything, you can control what what you want and and your own happiness. And I think if making a hard decision or, or making a change improves that happiness, then, then yeah lean into it because it's a much better off way to be and yeah like I said before life is short and yeah you gotta you gotta enjoy yourself and life is also hard so yeah just yeah well thank you so much Grace for coming on I'm in very intrigued to follow you <laughs> and and I think I'll make sure that we tag you in the any social post because I think like you're your Instagram is just, it's honestly so fun. And I think going back to what you were saying about with your dad, it is fun. It's playful. It's yeah. It's kind of living and it's, it seems yeah. like it's, um, I, I can't wait to see kind of the content that comes out of there this year. Thanks, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued too. <laughs> 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 good. Well, there you guys have it. It was an incredibly deep and emotional conversation and I know at times it was pretty hard to listen to but I I just found Grace is just honestly such an incredible and and absolutely extraordinary person. Just how she approaches everything, leans on her family, leans on those around her when she needs them but she's just so incredibly self-aware. I think it's definitely not the last we'll see or hear from Grace and I'd love to be able to follow and catch up with her again at some stages throughout this year because I just can't get over how level-headed she is uh, and just how well she knows herself. If you're like me and you do want to follow her journey, jump over to Instagram and follow gmac90. You can follow all her adventures this year. We'll see you next week. Stay safe, stay sane.